You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Pine Top for Breakfast episode is brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings. What up, and Yes! Baseball is back officially July 1st. But today, the voice of summer leads us into the new episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. That's right. The voice of the summer for your Phillies, Scott Fransky, joins me right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. In the air to left field. From Kevin Franzen's basement, today it's podcast number one of the COVID baseball era here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. My God. (laughs) (laughs) I asked you that like five minutes ago, and that's what you come up with right away. Okay, that's pro. You're pro. Welcome welcome back there, Scott. How are you? How you doing? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? Uh, Honestly, I'm I'm fantastic. I think yesterday not knowing for most of the day like what what's going on we we know it's gonna happen wait is it gonna happen it's happening there is gonna be a 2020 season as long as everyone stays healthy and everything that goes on that is a big you know if and must and question mark of the whole thing but we have a season or what we think is going to be a season and my absolute like i'm excited i'm excited Yeah, I think we're all a little numb to talking about the back and forth between the union and the owners. I don't know what you're talking Uh, about there, Scott. It's over. Exactly. (laughs) You've just uh, brushed it under the rug and you're moving on. And uh, I get it. I mean, um, I think now it'll allow people to think a little bit more about the actual game, which, of course, is going to be a little different as we look at it. And there's a lot of... um, off-the-field rules and procedures and things like that that'll be very different. Um, but uh, it's good to have the game itself, um, at least within our our sights now. Oh, no doubt. And, and look, the traditionalists are going to be pissed about, you know, the DH and uh, the runner at second with, you know, to start extra innings. But they are evil necessities this year especially. Yeah. Uh, the DH – you know, again, for baseball purists, they're not going to like it. But I, 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 I totally understand it. I do, and I'm a, I'm I, a, I'm a pitcher hitting kind of guy. Like I love that. It, yeah, it's a strategy part. But I understand what they need. But like the, like the extra innings. There's no reason for these guys to be out there for five hours. I mean, they should put a time limit on the the Red Sox and Yankee nine inning games. That's that that should happen. But I mean, like this is, <laughs> this is an evil necessity well, that that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not a big fan of playing with one set of rules um, for the regular season and then a different set of rules for the postseason. I'm not a big fan of that, but um, I can understand why they're going this direction. I can, I guess, understand why they're doing this with the DH to some extent. Um, I think back to when you and I had this conversation uh, in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, when right after the season was put on hold, and uh, we hadn't even left 
the Grapefruit League yet, so to speak. You and I were still down there. And I think we said at the time on your podcast, if we get a 2020 season that's 50 games, if we get one that's 100 games, if we get one that's 80 games, um, we know we knew at that point it was going to be different. We knew at that point we were probably going to be lucky to get any kind of baseball at all. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm still kind of fingers crossed and, and knocking on wood that uh, the virus lets us keep proceeding forward um, and that people will continue to show the precautions that are necessary to, you know, keep themselves healthy and then thereby keeping the game, you know, on track to start and, and to play to, to conclusion. So I think, again... There's, there's nothing about it that's perfect, but we knew that in March. It was not going yeah. to be perfect. It was not going to be the same old thing um, that we always see. So changes were going to have to happen, and, and they're happening. No, I, I agree. And I, I just think that when you look at this, this scenario, uh, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And, and right. obviously with the labor negotiations and everything that went on, that was not perfect. And uh, it was uh, – a bruising to the game. I think I'm not going to say black eye. I'm not, I not, I'm not there. I can't because yeah. the, the virus is the bigger thing in this whole grand scheme of things. And, um, looking at the precautions that teams, MLB, everyone is, is putting on them. What's your biggest concern? Like, is there, is there something that like for you as a, as a broadcaster, you're around the game and, and just knowing players and knowing everything, is there a concern for you for the health and, and, you know, purposes of, you know, just major league baseball in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're seeing, um, you know, as these groups get together, I mean, uh, then that's when the, the virus spreads and it, you know, we're seeing it a lot with college football where they have yeah. these, more sizable outbreaks, but of course they're uh, bigger groups uh, that that are getting together. So, you know, we haven't seen that yet with baseball. And of course the Phillies have had their own issues, you know, with 12 uh, players slash staff members uh, testing positive. Um, so, but, and they're not even really like a big group together yet, no, and you in know, a non, in a non-joking way, like that actually is, I think better now having that there and you know, those guys having the antibodies and everything going on. I, I, I right. It, it right. better happen now than, you know, mid August. It, it is. Um, again, I, I don't know if there's a, like you said, a, a good time. And I know you're not, you know, making light of the fact that these people are going through it and, and hopefully, you know, everybody gets through it without, uh, you know, too much trouble in terms of symptoms or, or critical care needs or anything like that. Um, I think what will be uh, very interesting to me is, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of back and forth about uh, who could opt out yeah. uh, because of health concerns and, and uh, still receive, you know, still receive pay, still receive service time. Uh, and, and I know they extended that now, I guess, to your immediate family members. Uh, if they are the ones that have the health concerns that, that you could opt out and still get that time. So, uh, I I'll be interested to see like how that dynamic plays out. Um, how the injured lists play out. I mean, you know, an oblique injury could be devastating for a team. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the season is so short. Yep. Again, nothing we can do about it. It is what it is. But 
you just realize sort of the magnitude of, of suffering an injury to a to a key player and what a what an effect it can have on the outcome of the season because again 60 games and bam you're in the playoffs um that it's gonna go by pretty quick yeah and so have you, I, that's that was one of the things i was gonna ask because like i think this whole time i've been going man this could like if we get this going like this is gonna be a sprint and now that it's yep. we know it's 60 games you're going holy hell like yeah. in in college baseball, sixty games is a normal season, but they have a Tuesday game, three, four games on the weekend. I mean, that's that that that's a, the most, right? I mean, that is the equivalent. They're doing this sixty games in sixty six days, which to me is insane in a good way. It just the th- the, the thought process of oh my god, like these guys got to be on it from the beginning. Yeah. I, I mean, think about it this way. What if the playoffs every year in baseball started on Memorial Day? I mean, that's yeah. similar to what we're doing here. I mean, <laughs> it's two calendar months. And you think about how many Memorial Days you've gone by where you're like barely even getting started. Um, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, you know, just ask the Nats last year, of course. Yeah. That's going to be the prime example this year of, of what a team looked like after 50 or 60 games. And versus how they look at the end of 162 or 180 if they get into the playoffs. So uh, I think um, you're going to look up 20 games in and you're like, oh, man, third of the way through. Right. Um, (laughs) 20, 20 games. That's three weeks. You're a third of the way into the season. Um, You know, it's it's going to be fast and really, really furious. Uh, And I I think it's going to be. You know, there'll be a certain excitement uh, about it, and there'll be those teams that should have performed better that maybe don't right out of the gate for yeah. whatever reason because it's baseball, and they're built for the long haul, and they're built for 162 games, but they just don't have enough real estate left to overcome a, a sputtering start. Yeah. So I think you're right. They got you. It, it's going it's to be critical for teams to come out of the gate well. And, and we know, like, just – in general, the the tank like I've talked to you about this, the tanking stuff sucks. Like just in general, like throughout mm-hmm. any sport, does not matter. It's you you can kind of see it happening in one sixty two, right? You could you could you could feel it from the beginning. Um, I feel like it's going to be impossible to tank. Like if if as far as not being as blatant in sixty games, yeah. Because right now, part of the healing process, part of getting back is to the fan to revive the fan is to play your ass off and if these guys you know or or organizations feel like we are we're better off tanking i i I just feel like that's another like that that right there is another slap in the face that this game does not need so when i say that i feel like how many teams do you really think could be involved as far as the playoff run come like mid-september i I, i'm setting it at the over under at 20 Right. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't know what the – I haven't done the math on, you know, what your winning percentage could possibly be. But, I mean, you're, you're going to have a ton of teams, a ton of te- – I promise you, you'll have a ton of teams that 30 games in, halfway through, are under 500 and very much part of the playoff race. Yeah. And under 500 and very much um, perhaps a candidate to be a buyer at the new-look trade deadline, right? Yep. I, I mean – I'm telling you, 
at 60 games, at 60 games, the Detroit Tigers looked decent last year, <laughs> right? Yes. In terms of their division, yes. they're standing in the division in a minute. Like, it, it, I think it it would behoove every owner and every general manager and every manager, you know, every organization around baseball, to put forth their very best effort to win and get in the playoffs because. If there's ever a year where you could catch lightning in a bottle and have three great weeks, even being a, a under, you know, not so great of a team, but you have three great weeks, three great weeks, and you're you're very much a part of the conversation. And what that would do for your fan base, what that would do, energize your organization. I think you will see very little of the, you know, the tanking stuff this year. I think the opposite. I think you'll see more teams go for it because. It's that lightning in a bottle kind of year. Now, here's an interesting question I have for you: Is what do you think? Do you are you taking this as, you know, like a team wins the World Series? Like people are like, oh, there's gonna be an asterisk. It's like, well, okay, great, because I don't I don't believe that we'd be playing already because of you know so many outbreaks in certain cities. I feel like we're giving ourselves some time. Uh, The virus was gonna do this pretty much to the game, anyways. So when you crown a champion at the end of the year, does it take away everything for you? Or is it one of those where you're going like, hey, look, it is what it is. It, they, we were dealt with this hand, and this is what, what came about. Yeah, I just think um, – think about it this way. What, I mean, uh, if you had a, the NCAA tournament, for instance – and you only had 32 teams in it this year rather than 64. Let's say, let's go back and they redid it because of the virus and they only allowed 32 in because they needed to make it quicker, right? Yep. Like, would you would you not think that person was a champion because they won the tournament? No, I think would, they they not be, yeah. would they not be legitimate? I don't know. I'm just, uh, I mean, I, I've, always, I've always thought to, to myself that, and I think we talked about this back then, we're always there's there's nobody on the planet who's got you know who's above the age of ten that's not going to remember this significantly for the rest of their lives this year and the and and what happened and not just in America but also around the globe obviously but this will stay with people for a long 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 time we will always know what 2020 represented there it won't be a situation where we look back at baseball reference 10 years from now, and we say, well, why'd the guy only have 250 at-bats that year? I wonder, oh, it's 2020. It was 2020. Everybody knows. Um, but there's still uh, – it's what we have. It's all we have. So I, I certainly will not be one of those to stand around and try to delegitimize, if that's even a word, uh, what somebody accomplishes this year. No, I, I... – Look. All you can do as a team is play the schedule you're given, play the opponents you're supposed to play, and win the playoff games that you're in. And if you do that, you're the champion. I, I think I've told you, I, I, I think it's BS if we all, as broadcasters, sports talk shows, and everything want to de- legitimize, as you said, because that is a word now, uh, a, a season. And if we go on there and be like, well, whatever happens, this season doesn't matter. Like, ah bad game this season doesn't matter if the players take that attitude and it resonates that's not good for the game but if players go out and do what 
we all know what players do, and that's compete when they get in between those lines and not bitch about anything and go about it. I think that plays a part of it. I, I, I think it's a it's one of those where we, uh, you know, as the t- talking heads of this whole thing, need to bring that. that, that yeah. Like, these matter. Like, this is well, not like, eh, whatever. It yeah. Is what it well, is. so let me ask you this. Uh, if the NBA is able to get their thing going, they're almost done with their regular season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they are done. They're just gonna, they're going to do playoffs, yep. and the NHL is basically the same thing, right? Yep. It, whoever wins those tournaments, are we going to say they don't deserve to win them? Like they won the tournament, so what? What else are we supposed to do but crown them the champion? I will say this: you can say what you want about the regular season, but ten teams will make the playoffs, and they will win the World Series under the exact same format as years past, with the one exception being the designated hitter. Everything else will be exactly the same that every other champion has had to endure, and that is the same rounds of playoffs, the same number of wins required. Everything will be exactly the same in the postseason. So why delegitimize that? Is it because some team surprised everybody and got into the playoffs when they weren't supposed to? Okay, maybe that's true. But that doesn't make them any less of a champion in my mind. They still won the tournament the way the tournament has always been constructed or, you know, again, has been constructed for the last however many years since we went to a 10-team format. Um, you, you play by the rules that you were given. And this is the rules they're given for this year. The winner is the winner and they're the champion. Oh. Yeah, I, I just I love it I lo- when you say it like that. It it, it it resonates because it is true. You're going to get to that point. You're going to go from 30 guys down to 28 down to 26, and by that time everything's going to be rolling. You have the the all you know not the all star break, but the the trade deadline. You get to the playoffs and look, unless you're the Nats, I think it was the Nats, the Dodgers, uh, and then it goes all the way back to 2012. There's a lot of teams that you know by the 60 game mark at the season weren't involved in the top 12 teams in MLB, right? Right. And it's it's crazy. Like, these guys can go out there. Like, I I appreciate – I would actually appreciate if the Tigers <coughs> put all their young prospects out there and, and let Casey Mize and, and the lefty that they have as uh, we all heard, you know, when we went to Lakeland this year, how, how nasty is. Get those guys going. And if they end up being in the playoffs, is that a detriment to that organization? No. That's awesome. Right, because and it's that great means for the they game. Went out and, and, and did it, and, and and you have young guys that deserve to play. <laughs> Stop this service time crap that teams have done for so long. Let them go. Yeah, and it's great for the game. Oh. I mean, uh, to have more young stars uh, coming up through the ranks and and getting noticed. And um, I mean, again, it, it a sixty game regular season will. And the way the roster rules are constructed with the DL or the IL being different, the uh, the, the COVID IL, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the 30 players to 28 to 26, that, that all those things, um, it, that'll be different. But being 60 games, it allows you to uh, – well, I, we were worried about Spencer Howard's innings, right? Yeah. yeah. If, if Spencer Howard is one of your best pitchers, now Spencer Howard, there's no reason not to be in the big leagues. Imagine, imagine you go through April, May, June, and July, 
your team does what it does for four months and you get to the trade deadline and you make all your shuffles, right? You, yep. You're not, you're not in the race. You trade away guys. So you, you call up the kids for a two month audition, right? Yep. Well, that's what, that's exactly what you have a chance to do right now. Um, if, if Spencer Howard is indeed one of your best players, one of your best pitchers, I think Spencer Howard should probably be in the big leagues. Um, there's, there's, I mean, what, again, if, if the idea is um, util, utilizing your roster to its greatest advantage, um, there's no need to wait any longer. Uh, for, and I'm, I'm using Spencer Howard as the Phillies example, but, you know, Alec Bohm, maybe that's yeah. the example too. Um, now with a DH, right? And, and especially Scott, like with with no fans, and and look, I I love the fans. The fans mean a lot, obviously, to this game. But without the fans, there is that added pressure that's taken off, right? These these guys' shoulders that, to perform in front of these, like this is a way to ease them into the big leagues. Like, yeah, more than ever. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of a challenge that poses for players, you know, um, not playing for fans. Um, I think the older how, guys, it affects more than it does the younger guys. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure you've been in plenty of, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you have to perform in a B game in spring training, yeah. right? They're getting some innings for a pitcher. So they put together one of those 10 AM B games that nobody's there for. Right. Um, well, yeah, and again, it's spring training, so you know it doesn't matter. But how do you make your brain understand that, okay, nobody's here watching us, but this really matters, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm, you well, know I, I'm curious to see how players will um, – how, how they'll handle that. Hey, Scott, let me, let's take a quick break. we got to go to Yingling. they got a little sponsor for us. We'll get right back, and uh, i got something for you. Tap into your inner eagle and spread your wings with Yingling Traditional Lager. A bold amber color near 200 years in the making, all-American brew. So plug in, rock out, and let the night take flight. Yingling Traditional Lager. Spread your wings. DJ Yingling and Son, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please drink responsibly. Welcome back to Pintar for Breakfast, as I am your host, Kevin Franz, and at Kevin Franz on Twitter, and the voice of summer for your Philadelphia Phillies, Scott Fransky is with me, and we continue on with our little chat for a guy like myself who uh, the last couple of years was, you know, pinch hitting a lot and big situations, and you go from being a pinch hitter in the playoffs and it's energized, and the next thing you know, you have a spring training game where there's... 500 people that, that happened the next year and it was hard to get up for like because it, it was really tough and a part of it was at spring training you're going eh whatever you know but right. that ended up snowballing into the demise of you know in the end of my career I feel like was not being able to get up for those spring training games well this is this is different because the games the games do count and I think for the younger guys, more than the veteran guys, it matters more because this is a uh, a spotlighted event, you know, for these guys. Um, some of these veteran guys have the, the long contracts or, or have been paid. And, and I really feel like it. that's where the younger guys are going to be affected by this more as far as what did you do in these 60 games. Um, and 
I, I just I don't know. I I'm interested to see how teams, not just the Phillies, but teams in general, are able to bring in their young guys and, and see it. Like, look, I'm looking at the the records last year. How about this? So we I just went to June fifth. Um and that would have ended up being sixty two games for uh the Phillies. And they were a game and a half up on the Braves. The Mets were 29 and 32 at the time. It's just trying to get like the most teams that were at, at exactly 60 games. The AL Central was, other than Minnesota being ahead, you had teams that were like Cleveland were 31 and 30. You know, the, the White Sox, 29 and 32. Tigers, 23 and 36. You go up to the NL Central. Cubs, what was it? The Cubs, Brewers, uh, Cardinals. And even the Pirates and, and Reds were six games out. That's it. Six yeah. games. And we know, obviously, in, in the Phillies world, six, seven games, not – I mean, it, it's it's nuts to think. It, it is doable. I mean, that that makes you actually in it. That's what I'm excited Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And, again, I, I'll go back to the beginning. I mean, uh, you can't – as the old adage was, right? You can't win the pennant in April, but you can yeah. sure lose it. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't win the pennant in the first two weeks of 2020, but you can sure lose it. I bet. Oh. Wow. Um, I mean, again, uh, you get 15 games into the season, you're a quarter of the way through. 15 yeah. games in, you're a quarter of the way. <laughs> you're 25% of your season is gone. Um, that's significant you know um so uh, yeah it's it's gonna be a mad dash yeah. for sure so here here's a fun one with you is like okay we know broadcasting from you know just the television screen and doing that it's gonna be difficult it's not digging ditches we we all understand that we we've there's yeah. worse things <laughs> yeah. but is there something in your mind that's challenging is it for for me i've already thought about it. it's not so much the the challenge of just doing it off the screen when they're on the road uh it's the challenge of trying to think along with the manager at early on in in, in these games not knowing how really they're going to utilize guys um and you know i think the last couple of years has kind of changed our thought process and and, and you know where changes are going to happen who's coming in doing that type of stuff is that seen as a, a difficulty for you at, at all in, in trying to get on the same page as, as Joe Girardi early on? Because that's part of being a broadcaster. Yeah. I mean, I think back to um, the last couple of years. Uh, but even before that, I mean, I spend a fair amount of time with whoever the manager is uh, in their office before a game. And a lot of that in the early uh, part of the year is understanding, is trying to get a better feel for what he thinks of his own personnel. So uh, I know our access to, to them will be limited um, uh, from what I understand. So uh, that to me will be a challenge. I mean, I know there's always that, um, you know, face-to-face -face stuff, uh, stuff you might learn by standing around the batting cage, yeah. be it what guys are working on, what, um, what, has been happening what stories might be you know and if we're not on the road there's a lot of things we won't see developing uh you know again i think the 
the calling it off the monitor is going to be an adjustment. Um, you're at the mercy of somebody else's viewpoint uh, in terms of what you can see and what you look at. Um, but that's, that is what it is, and, and we'll, we'll adjust. I think that's more just a practice thing yeah. than anything else. Do you, do you know um, what Amanda, Amanda told me? Like She goes, you know what's crazy to think about this whole thing is Scott like lays out everything when it comes to the crowd or the weather or you know the ominous clouds the precip you know the <laughs> what is it the invisible uh in invisible precip invisimist the invisimist uh and and painting the picture of that that that's part of it that i'm like man i i i understand like thinking back on it like that's a big part of what you do is describing everything yeah getting everyone in on what's happening around you well, it's yeah. just gonna be me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to do that yet. Um, is it? Well, you don't want to ask Chris Ware because Chris Ware is gonna be like, "It's cold. It's too hot." It, <laughs> it's. Uh, but even if it's hot, he'll still have a beanie have hat a beanie and a uh, couple extra layers. <laughs> um, I think what I'm, uh, I, you know, and it, I haven't given it a ton of thought, uh, but the idea that is it is it disingenuous for me to describe things like what temperature it is uh, or how it when you're not there. I mean, you can't really describe things like that unless you're, I don't know, making it up. I can still talk about you know some details that are on the field that I see on the monitor, I guess, but. Um, there are certain things that you can't replicate. Yeah. And, you know, this is a, a, a negative memory from a Philly standpoint, but uh, there, was a, there was a game in 2018. Um, and, uh, you know, it was at Wrigley Field. Jason Hayward uh, hit the home run off Adam Morgan to win the game. Yeah, or I remember that happening. Okay, yeah, yeah appreciate exactly. No, but what you do remember, what I know you remember, is the stadium literally shaking. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that is that is something that can only be aptly described if you are there. And um, those are the things, or remembered. Those are the things you're going to remember if you're there, if you're part of that. Now, again, stadium's not going to shake if Jason Hayward does that this year because nobody's going to be there to see it. But... Uh, you get my point. Like yeah, there yeah. are things that happen during a game or whatever that, that you, that I probably should just leave alone because, you know, I'm not there. So I, I don't want to, I don't think I want to pretend I am there, even though I'm not. You What's know what I mean? crazy is uh, a, a thought that we had talked about the other day. Uh, you were over for Tenley's birthday party. And it Happy was birthday, just Tenley. after they Again. posted... <laughs> It was just after they posted the Jimmy Rollins uh, walk-off double against the Dodgers, uh, okay. 2009. And your call, Larry's reaction, to go along with the insanity at the ballpark. Like, that is something that I want, I dream about, and I know I'm not going to get it, and I understand I'm not you know here complaining about it. It's it just like I, I'm trying to understand – 
people's, you know, how, how the energy level is going to be for some, some guys. I know for yeah. me, it's, it, look, I'm always on coffee anyway, so it, it, it's, it's not going to be a problem, but it's like that added feature, what fans bring. Yeah. It is I, crazy. I still, I still am holding out hope that, uh, by playoff time, that it's under control enough that some people can be in the park. I realize it won't be, you know, 50,000 jammed in there or anything like that, but some place somewhere in the playoffs could have, have fans in the stands. I, I get that it probably won't, but I guess I'm just still holding out hope. Uh, because I think, you know, I, I don't know. There's just nothing better than the energy and oh, yeah. whatnot from the crowd. And, and, uh, It'll be, it'll be, uh, it will be missed. The fans will be uh, it's very much Marlins missed. Park for every game. <laughs> yeah. Did I, say I mean, even there, they can make a little noise, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, even even with small crowds, just to have a crowd is, is something uh, that I think uh, we will miss for sure. If, uh, but only temporary. Only, only temporary. temporary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when, I was, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, look, our, our friendship has grown and it's been awesome, but like you and Larry doing this for years and, and, you know, you guys are kindred spirits, basically. Like you, you could finish each other, uh, other sentences. How excited are you to get back to working just like, not, it's not about working with me on this one. It's we're working with like with your buddy and your, and your buddies and being around Tom and, and whether, you know, we're going to be socially distanced, but we have to see ugly Murph out there. I'm kidding Murph. I love you. Uh, but it, it, it's it, it's something that has been missing. Obviously, we've loved spending time with our families. It's been tremendous. But being a part of a team, you're our team. You're my team. You and Larry are my team, and, uh, along with the TV side. Is that something that you're you're looking forward to being around again? Yeah, I. You know, I mean, uh, we've been doing our uh, group podcast, the the radio roundtable version, throughout this. Uh, each week and and uh, I've really looked forward to just having a chance to uh, kind of turn on the zoom and and connect with everybody and, and do it in that sort of group way that you know uh, kind of like our office is um, at, at the park uh, yeah I, I've missed that I think I've probably missed that as much as anything about my job in the game and and, uh, and whatnot I mean it's uh this downtime has been really interesting i've gotten a lot of yard work done i would not have otherwise <laughs> um but i i do miss being around i mean you guys are all my i mean you guys are all my best friends in the world so yeah. I, like that i spend so much of my time with all of you guys during the season and um you know that extends to other people with the ball club people part of the traveling party and, and whatnot that I mean, I, that's what I've missed the most. I know it sounds stupid. I'm I'm excited to see Tubes more than anything, and you know, and Dave, you know. So I think Tubes. I think Mike Tuberosa is really excited to see you too. Oh. he's excited to see. Well, just about anybody, I think, at no this doubt. point. And it, yeah. it's like, but those people are part of our lives. Like, and, and you know, it's fun just to have the banter with them, on air, off air, whatever it may be. And it's like they are a huge reason why they make us sound good, you know, and, and, and do, do so many yep. things, but they're a part of us. 
Yep. I, I've, uh, you know, I've often like, for me, part of the experience of going to different ballparks, part of that is the different engineers that we employ on the road in these road cities. Um, so, you know, whether it's, uh, our good buddy, John Kramer in Atlanta or Tony Noto in Los Angeles or Bill Hudson, who also has, uh, always has uh, snacks for us in San Francisco, <laughs> you know, guys like that, um, you know, that's part of the experience of traveling on the road and, and, uh, and going to the different ballparks is, uh, hanging with those guys. So, uh, that, that I'll miss too, or have missed. And, uh, I guess we'll miss it, uh, throughout 2020 the way it's looking. Well, as, as long as we're on here with this whole thing, I mean, we all know my obsession with, uh, Yingling and all that. I, I still think there is a chance we could get them on board for a tour bus. What do you yes. think? We need a tour so, bus to go to places. What do you think? So, um, <laughs> We need a tour bus to go to places. We, we've been told, uh, as far at, at, at the time we record this, we've been told that we could travel if we travel on our own, right? Um, <laughs> that we could go to road games if we travel on our own. Yep. Um, now, the thing you need with a tour bus, because you and I joked about this for spring training. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, you know, Camping World is a big sponsor of Major League Baseball. Right. And we've talked about their RV, you know, get an RV, roll them around spring training, drive up and down the Gulf Coast for all the road games. Um, so that's what you're thinking, like tour bus. We need a driver. We probably need two drivers. Big Dave. Big Dave. My dad would be. He's in. He said he's in. Big Dave is in. Yeah. Well, uh, OK. So but we need a back. You need two, I think, to make this work. Because if you drive all night from Miami to Philly. Right. Yeah. You can't leave that on one one big Dave. You need like two big Daves. You need two big Daves. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's doable. We can get that. We can get that done. And so, what do you do? You paint Yingling on the side of the bus? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that'd be amazing. Well, I think we can the load the bus up with to... all the Yingling in the world. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We just go around. We get up. And her and hers potato chips. Oh. I mean, Turkey Hill ice cream, stuff like that. Absolutely. Right? Shake Shack. I mean, we got to at least say Shake Shack because they're part of the, you know, CBP and everything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we can put in we can put a citizens bank ATM machine. So in there, for instance, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have to be linked to my account, though, does it? No, 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 uh, no. Does. So. So let me let me just tell me what you envision here. The motor coach the bus, the camper, whatever it is, drives into New York City. Yeah. Do we just take up residence in the parking lot at City Field? Yeah, I mean, because like, there, there's going to like be Like we're sleeping on the bus, right? There's plenty of spots, yeah. Plenty of parking available. Yeah. So we just park at City Field. We don't go to like a downtown hotel and no. run the risk of... No, because okay. then, then then we limit. We limit our, our space just to us right there as far as... I give you the back lounge. You could have the whole. You you could have like you're the you you know you're a lead singer, lead guitarist on this whole thing. I'm just backup. All right, I'm just the background noise on this. So I'll get one of the little bunks, and I am absolutely cool with that. Because the reason why I say it is, are you just sleeping the little cubby above the driver? Oh, dude, amazing! I did it in the minor leagues. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, it, it, it's it's another. It's just a part of the way I thought about this grand scheme. Grand scheme. I know it's probably not going to happen, but 
it, it would be just fun being a part of of doing something like that and experience like having that experience on the road where we could document it and uh it, we could get it would be a board it would Not be a once on in a lifetime uh once in a lifetime experience um for sure and um I mean, I, I'm not totally against the idea, but there's some logistical. Yeah, logistically, we know it's not going to. Yeah. yeah. It'd be there's fun. some logistical hurdles to jump there. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, call your call your friends at the Yingling. Well, they're going to be listening today, hopefully, because they are the sponsor of this one this week. There you go. There we go. Well, Scott, I appreciate uh, you coming on Pine Tar for Breakfast and you leading Pine Tar for Breakfast, as you always should, based on the fact that the voice of summer is back. Literally, it's summer now. Baseball is back. It is summer. can't believe and it. Happy to have it back. The warmest opening day of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. You betcha. Anytime. We'll see you soon. Well, there he is, Scott yeah. Fransky, the voice of your Philadelphia Phillies, 94 WIP. Uh, we're just we're, – we're super stoked. I mean, it's been kind of tearing at us that we haven't been – not kind of, it has been tearing at us, but we've had great family time, as we've said. We're just ready to get back to work, and it's technically not work. Um, it's calling baseball games, being around a game that we love, uh, and, and – and, like he said, our best friends. I mean, we are as close as can be, and our families are close could be as close as can be. And I just am excited to to be back with my buddy a lot, and uh, and often for you, the fan, and talk about baseball, nothing else. Before I forget, this episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast was brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings. Again, thanks to Scott Fransky for joining me right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. I hope. You're as excited as we are. We know that there's some things we got to do uh, as a game to, you know, ease some of the everything in. And, and we're just glad to be able to be a part of bringing baseball back to you, the fan, the Phillies fans. Um, and let's get this thing on. Peace. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 